Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank all of you for taking part in worship, our choir and our praise team. And so um, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings. 2 Kings, we want to look at 2 Kings chapter chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. We want to read verses uh, 1 through uh, 15. 1 through 15. 2 King, uh, first King, Kings chapter 2. Verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. So you have Elijah and Elijah. Then Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Some translation says, Hold your peace. In other words, Elijah did not want to discuss about Elijah being taken away from him. Verse 4, Then Elijah said to him, Elijah, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I'll not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. I don't want to discuss that. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. The Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, you'll see me when I'm taken from you. It shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. And then it happened as they continued on and talked, and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen, so he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces. 
He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and he stood by the bank of the Jordan. And then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elijah. And they came to meet him, and they bowed to the ground before him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a time that we've had to worship, and now as we open your word, speak to our hearts, I pray. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say the man. Allow your Holy Spirit to touch every heart here. We claim the promise, Lord, that your word will not return void, that it will accomplish what it goes forth to do. And so we praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this service. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, I believe, can you have a scripture on Psalm 25? Uh, if you have that scripture. If you would, stand with me just for a moment. And I'd like for this to be something that we do before God's word is shared. And let this be your prayer. If you will, read, if you will, read this with me. As I read, you read. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all the day. Amen. Be seated, please. As you look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 15, it's a record of the, the life of the greatest prophet that's in the Bible, and that's Elijah. Elijah was a prophet around 850 B.C. His name means, my God is the Lord. He spent most of his life trying to get the nation of Israel, God's people, to worship God. He had a tough job. His job was trying to tell God's people that they were disobeying God by worshiping false gods. He's known as one of the holiest men that you'll find in the Bible. It was Elijah that Malachi said that would return before that great and terrible day of the Lord. It was Elijah that the Jews set an extra plate for at the table during the Passover meal. It was Elijah that the people of Judah compared John the Baptist to and spoke to, spoke to Jesus about. It was Elijah who appeared with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was by far the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, the greatest prophet mentioned in the New Testament. And so in this passage of Scripture, his life, his ministry is coming to an end. It's soon going to be over. So 2 Kings 2, one through, uh, 2 verses 1 through 15 is really nothing more than a documentary of the last day of the life of Elijah. Now I want you to notice what happens. He takes a disciple with him on a trip. His disciple's name is Elijah. So Elijah takes Elijah, and they visit three seminaries that Elijah had begun. They went to Gilgal in verses 1 and 2. They went to Bethel in verses 2 through 4. They went to Jericho in verses 4 through 6. 
Then they went to the Jordan, verses 6 through 9. And then verse 8, Elijah takes off his mantle and he folds it. Now, taking off the mantle is very important because the mantle was a robe, it was a cape, it was an outer garment be worn on the outside. However, in this particular case, this mantle, this robe, this cloak symbolized the power of God. And so he takes off his mantle and he folds it. And when he folds it, he smokes the water of the Jordan. When he smoked the water, when he touched the water, then the water, Jordan, the Jordan River, separated. It departed, and both of them walked across on dry land. Verse 11 says that as they walk across, they're, and they're, they're talking, this fiery chariot and fiery horses appeared. And something took place that you can't explain by ordinary means meaning that it was, a, it was a miracle. And so notice, verse 11, Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now the whirlwind took him, not the chair to fire, but the whirlwind took him. So in verse 12, Elijah saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them into two pieces. Now, I want you to note verses 13 through 15 really is the message of the, of the text. The message of the text is the power of God was handed over from Elijah to Elijah. The passage is not about Elijah parting the, the Jordan River. The message really is not about a fiery chariot. The message is not about a whirlwind. But the message is that Elijah was able to pass the mantle on to someone else in which God's work could continue. Now remember that. That's the whole message. That's the essence of this chapter. Is Elijah was able to pass the mantle, i.e. the power of God, on to someone else when he left, on to someone else, where the work of God could continue. And so, as I thought, I thought about that mantle being handed off, I thought of some people in our church that had handed off the mantle. I remember Brother Frank Messer. Brother Frank Messer led our music for, I think, 42 years, 42 years probably plus, and Frank had a stroke, and what did he do? He hand them, handed the mantle off to, to his grandson, Terry. I remember Brother Ralph Beckenbach was our custodian. He became our custodian at 75. He was our custodian until he was 89, and then he passed the mantle off to Tennille. She's our housekeeper. She's our custodian now. So the question for, all, for us today is this. Are you willing? Are you willing to pick up the mantle in order that the work can continue here at Mountain View Baptist Church? Are you listening? Are you willing? Are you willing? Don't look around at somebody else to see if they are. But are you willing? Personal sermon. Are you willing to pick up the mantle, to wear the mantle, in order that the Lord's work can be done here at Mountain View Baptist Church? That's our question we're facing. Are we willing to wear the mantle? Are we willing to be an Elijah for the Lord? You know, uh, too often we want others to wear the mantle. We want others to do the work. We like to just come to church, listen, and get up and leave and forget about everything until the next week. 
Who knows what's going on at the church? It's a thousand miles in mind from us. But things are going on during the week while we're somewhere else doing something else. Are you willing to wear the mantle to do the work here at Mountain View Baptist Church until the Lord comes back? Um, I found something years, years ago, and I think I've shared it, but I'll share it again because it's a great illustration. The church was saddened this past week to learn the death of one of its most important members, someone else. Someone passing creates a vacancy that will be difficult to fill. Else had been with us for so many years. Someone else did far more than a normal person's share of the work. When there was a job to do, a class to teach, a meeting to attend, one name was on everyone's list. Let someone else do it. It was common knowledge that someone else was among the most generous givers in the church. Whenever there was a financial need, everyone just assumed that someone else would make up the difference. Someone else was a wonderful person, sometimes appearing to be superhuman, but a person can only do so much. And with the truth known, everyone expected too much of someone else. Now, someone else is gone. Someone else is dead here at Mountain View Baptist Church. We wonder what we're going to do. Someone else left a, an example to follow. But who's going to do the things that someone else did? Someone else is dead. If things get done at Mountain View Baptist Church, it's not going to be done by somebody else. It'll be done by you if it's going to get done. And so are you willing to wear the mantle? One problem that I see today is very few are willing to pick up the mantle. Very few are willing to help in vacation Bible school. It's difficult, isn't it, Kim, to get workers in vacation Bible school? Very few are willing to help in the nursery. Very few are willing to do this or that that needs to be done around the church. Very few. Depending on someone else to do it, but someone else is dead. It's going to get done. It's going to be done by the members of this body here at Mountain View Baptist Church. So are you willing to be an Elijah for the Lord? So the question is, what's involved in being Elijah? Three points I believe I have. Number one, those who desire to be an Elijah must be loyal. Must be loyal. That means they don't get mad, they don't get sad, and they don't quit, they don't walk out. They're loyal. Three times, if you'll notice here, Elijah told Elisha to stay behind. Verse 1, stay behind at Bethel. Stay behind at Jericho. Verse 4, stay behind at Jordan. Verse 6, and three times Elijah told Elijah, I will not leave thee, I will not leave thee, I will not leave thee. He was loyal. He was loyal. The one who picks up the mantle has to be one who's willing to be loyal. Someone, someone to carry on the task. Someone to, uh, to take the task. And, and you know that won't quit, won't jump, jump ship, won't, won't leave. Someone to carry on the work that needs to be done here at Mountain View Baptist Church. Someone to carry it on when conflict comes. You know, uh, oftentimes it's easy for, easy for a preacher to jump ship when conflict comes. Um, God needs people to carry on when conflict comes. Um, when criticism comes, he needs people to carry on. We're going to be criticizing 
If you do anything for the Lord, you're going to be criticized about it. I've learned that a long time ago. God needs people to carry on when conflict comes, when criticism comes, when discouragement comes. God needs people to carry on. So God's wanting someone to wear the mantle, someone to carry the message, someone to shoulder the responsibility, someone to do the work. How long? To the chariot, to the, to the chariot and whirlwind comes. No, until the Lord comes back. That's how long we've signed up for the task. That's why the Bible says in Luke 19, 13, Jesus said, occupy, occupy until I come. He's left us here till he comes. So what does it take to be an Elijah? It takes, or to wear the mantle to be an Elijah, it takes someone who is willing to be loyal, loyal. Secondly, those who desire to be an Elijah must have a desire for the power of God. You see that in the passage? Elijah asked Elijah, in verse 9, if there's anything he could do for him before he went to heaven. This is what Elijah, Elijah wanted. He, he says, give me, in verse 9, give me a double portion of your spirit. That's what all he wanted. He didn't want recognition. He didn't want applause. He didn't want money. He didn't want materialism. He didn't want any possessions given to him. All he wanted was a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah because he knew the task before him. He knew that he had a hard message to deliver to God's people. He knew that he was going to replace who was known as the prophet of Israel. He knew that he had this assigned responsibility and he wanted a double portion of the spirit of God on him. And so Elijah was saying, Elijah, I've walked with you. I've, I've listened to you. I've heard you talk with God. I, I heard you speak in a cave at Mount, at Mount Sinai. Elijah, you can see the spiritual world. I want a double portion of that spirit on my life. Now, here's the point. In order for me to be used of God, in order for you to be used of God, in order for us to be used of God, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine wherein it is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. If you're going to be controlled by anything, it should be by the Holy Spirit. Not some habit you have. If some little something this long gets you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night and you have to smoke that or dip that, if that has control on you, you know you're not in the will of God. The only thing that should have control of you is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? That's right. He should have control of us, constantly control of us. So to be an Elijah, to be an Elijah, he wanted that double spirit. Verse 10, notice what he says. He says, Thou hast asked a hard thing. When Elijah asked for that double spirit, he said, You've asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it won't be so. So what happened in verse 11 and 12? That's why I said, verse 12, he sees him go up, so he knew he had that Holy Spirit on him, that double portion. So to be an Elijah, you have to have a desire to be filled with the Spirit of God. Those who, who want to... Where the man of being Elijah must be loyal. Number three, you have to have determination to go forward. Determination to go forward. Now, he does his first miracle at the River Jordan. 
Now he takes the mantle from Elijah, and he takes it, he folds it, and he touches the water, and it opens. But he didn't stop at Jordan. So you can't stop at Jordan. He could have stopped there, but he didn't. If he'd stopped at Jordan, we wouldn't have a record of 15 other miracles that he had done. But he didn't stop at Jordan. So here's the question. Are you doing just a little for God? If you, if you had a scale from 1 to 10, how much would you be doing for God? Would you be doing a small amount for God or, or just middle amount for God, maybe a 5? Or, or would you be doing 10 for God, as much as you could possibly do for God? How much are you doing for God? Not for yourself, but for God. Not for the church, but for God. How much are you doing for God? Some people are content in doing just a little for God. They want to get by and, and just doing a little. I know preachers that won't do just a little for God. I've had them tell me, you know, they have this little attitude. and They'll say, well, I, I'd like to have a little church, and I'd like to have just a little retirement, and I'd like to have just, just a, nothing, a little, maybe some safety net some way, but nothing more, nothing less, just... Just average, that's what I want to be, just, just average. So preachers have problems at times, want to do just a little for God. But people in the pew the same way. They want to do just a little for God. They want to care just a little. They want to attend just a little. They want to worship just a little. They want to give just a little. And then they come and want to know, why don't we do this and why can't we have this? And they've never increased their giving one bit, perhaps in years and years and years and years. They just want to give a little. They have this little attitude about God. Jordan is a place. Um, have you gone beyond the Jordan? Israel started at Jordan. Naaman, if you remember, he started at Jordan. John the Baptist started at Jordan. Jesus started at Jordan, but it, he didn't stop at Jordan. If he'd stopped at Jordan, he never would have went to the cross. We never would have had that precious bloodshed that we could have forgiveness of our sins. Jesus was willing to go beyond Jordan. So Jordan, Jordan is a place of miracles. It's a place of the beginning. It's a place where you began your Christian life. The person God uses keeps on going. They don't settle down where they began. So some have never gone beyond their Jordan in their Christian life. They got saved, they were baptized, they never went forward, they don't know how to pray, they don't know how to witness, they don't know what their spiritual gifts are. They've never gone beyond where they started. No discipleship, no desire to hear the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to share the Word of God. They just went to Jordan. You'll never be all God expects you to be unless you move beyond Jordan. So he didn't stop at Jordan, and he didn't stop at Bethel. Bethel is a place of dreams. You remember Genesis 28, Jacob stopped at Bethel, and he put his, made a pillow out of a, a rock, and he laid down, and a ladder came down from heaven, and he had the Jacob's ladder. Remember that story? And he saw angels descending and ascending, and... And he, he dreamed there. Some people like to dream. Elijah was tempted to stop at dreamland and just dream, but he didn't stop. He went on. 
You see, dreams are good if you dream, now listen, if you dream and do. You can dream, but if you don't do, dreams aren't good. However, most people dream about doing something. I've noticed by talking to people, they, they're dreaming about attending more, they're, they're, ten, they're dreaming about doing more, they're attending, they're dreaming about giving more. They just dream, but nothing ever happens. And you'll never be all that God expects you to be if you stop at Bethel and just dream. But he didn't stop at Bethel. He moved on. And he didn't stop at Jericho, verse 4. Didn't stop there. Now, Jericho is a place of past victories. Past victories. Remember the story of the walls of Jericho and how they marched around the walls seven days? Remember how they marched around those walls and they prayed, they shouted, and trumpets blew, and the lanterns were lit, and all of a sudden the walls came tumbling down, and people sat around, no doubt, and they talked about what, what a great victory they had there at Jericho. And some just like to talk about the good old days. I remember when they used to say when this place was filled with people and buggies and wagons were outside and people would look in the windows, had some of our older folks, they're going to be the Lord now, talk about how good those old days were. Well, they were just uh, at their Jericho. They're just there thinking about the old days. But Elijah was willing to press on for God. And so today, God doesn't want us to be just satisfied with past victories. He wants us to go on, to move on. And he's looking for men and women and boys and girls who's willing to be Elijah's for him to be loyal, to have a desire for his power in order to accomplish his work, and then be determined to go forward, go beyond Jordan. That's the starting place, to go beyond Bethel, the dreamy place, to go beyond Jericho. That's the past victories. That's who God's wanting to serve him today, those Elijah's. And so it comes down to this as we close. Would you be willing to make a decision, a public commitment perhaps today, to be an Elijah for the Lord? Tuesday after our homecoming, I just strolled out in the cemetery. I was going to preach that night in a revival service. And um, I went out to the cemetery and saw Frank Messer's grave there. And brought back great memories. And Frank was, uh, he was Elijah. He led the music here for 42 years. Played the piano when the pianist was, was not here. He was a deacon. He was a church clerk. He was a brotherhood cook. Frank was the brotherhood cook. He'd come early when they only had one room and the old pot-bellied stove there, and Frank would come and he'd build fires where the room would be warm when everybody came to, to worship. And then he would go back and he'd pick his neighbors up over there at the gourd patch and, um, and he lived there where Mary and Kenny lived. And he'd bring his old wagon. He'd stop along the way and he'd pick up Robert. And he'd pick up Miss, Miss Cummins at that time and he picked up all his neighbors coming this way, and he'd bring them to church. He was an Elijah. Elijah. I just knelt down by his grave out there and prayed and thanked God for having somebody that was willing to not just stop at Jericho or Bethel and dream about things, but go on and go on and, and go forward. And that's what God wanted us to do, and that's what he was willing to do thought of Miss Willie Alice Benson. She was our children's Bible drill director. She taught Corey in Bible drill and Devin in Bible drill and probably some other, some other of you in Bible drill. And Miss Benson, she had to give up that Bible drill because she died 
And somebody else never took it over. Nobody took over that Bible school. And so Miss Vinson, she was a children's teacher and a treasure, and an association treasure. And she loved her pastor, and she helped me. And Frances Wilbur, Frances, Frances was our treasure, and she was our clerk, and she taught our women's Sunday school class. Anything we needed done, these people would step up, and they'd put on the mantle. Glenn Messer was our pianist when I came here. And Glenn, he, he did the best he could. He, he really knew how to play Happy Birthday really good. We would sing that every Sunday. But he did a great job. He did. And I thought he, he did great. He played the piano. Then Frances, she, she began to play the piano. Then Miss Wells came. Deb, she, she picked up the mantle when Frances died. And, and after uh, Miss Wells, Gina, Gina Norton picked up the mantle. And, and then... Uh, uh, Rachel, she filled in after Miss Norton left, and, and then Kathy Shell, God sent them, and they picked up the mantle, and Kathy and Arnold couldn't be here today. They were at their grandson's baptism, but guess who picked up the mantle? Somebody picked up the mantle. Debbie, Debbie Mayfield picked up the mantle and played the piano. That's what I'm talking about. People willing to reach down, pick up the mantle, do what is necessary to make sure the work of the Lord is carried on here for another 102 years if it's the Lord's will and he doesn't come back before then. But in order to do that, you have to be loyal. You have to desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to go forward. You can't, you, you can't stop at your Jordan, your Bethel, your Jericho, those past victories. You've got to move on. Now, there's one little illustration I've used time and time again. I'm sure I've used it here, but it makes a great illustration. It was a little, it's called the, the kite. Who flew the kite? The little boy said, I flew the kite. The string said, I flew the kite. The paper said, I flew the kite. The wooden, the wooden brace said, I flew the kite. Well, who flew the kite? They all flew the kite. That's what made it soar. And so here's the point. If this church, is, if this church continues to soar or closes its doors, it could be because of a decision you made here today to wear a mantle, to do the work until the Lord comes back. And I pray that's what your decision will be. Let's have a prayer together. Father, thank you for our time to just re refresh our memories, Lord, in regards to 2 Kings chapter 2 and Elijah and reaching down and picking up that mantle. He didn't have to do that. He had a desire to do that. And Lord, I pray for each person here, and I pray they would have a desire not just to come to church, to serve the church. And I pray today they would recommit them their lives today. The members of this body, Lord, would come and, and say, I just, I just want to recommit my life to wearing the mantle. And, Lord, people who serve here, they do, but so many have potential. And, Lord, I pray that you've spoken their hearts, waken their hearts to the fact, Lord, that they have the gifts that you've given them, natural abilities that you've You've given them. You've planted them here in this place. And, Lord, we're to bloom where we're planted. And help us, we pray, to, to reach this community for you, our little town, our community, and the surrounding areas. And, Lord, be concerned about what we're doing here, Lord, to reach people for you. Thank you for what you're going to do. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry. Thank you.
Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God